We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The Chicago City Treasurer's Office doesn't get much attention or fanfare. The city clerk, by comparison, helps run city council meetings. But the treasurer has considerable power and responsibility, and Kurt Summers, the man who has the job now, is not running for re-election. It is a wide-open race. This week, we talk with each of the candidates trying for the job. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. It is a three-way race for city treasurer. Other than the race for mayor, this is the only open seat in the citywide elections. In the running, a state lawmaker, a Chicago alderman, and a certified public accountant. You're going to hear from all three during this half hour. I talked with each of them in separate interviews. We'll start with State Representative Melissa Conyers Irvin. She has been in the Illinois House for two years representing the 10th District. She's been in the insurance business, and she's the wife of a Chicago alderman, Jason Irvin, Vice Chairman of the City Council Budget Committee. We chatted at City Hall where Ms. Irvin explained why someone with a good and meaningful state job would want to be City Treasurer. You have a decent job. What? Why would you want to be city treasurer besides the fact that the one who does, did have the job or does have the job now is leaving? So when you look at this race for city treasurer, I'm the only candidate in the race that really has the private and public sector experience needed to really do this job. And when we look at the job of the city treasurer, its primary responsibilities is to make certain that we manage the city's assets, um, as well as the pensions, and make certain that we invest in Chicago's neighborhoods, including supporting small business growth. Now, other treasurers, especially in recent years, have tried to do that. What could you do that isn't being done already by, at, at the very least, the last two treasurers? Mm -hmm. So I mentioned my public and private sector experience. I am the only candidate in the race born and raised in Chicago, and I know firsthand the importance of financial education and the impact that it has on our communities. I'm the only candidate in the race with an MBA in finance, have the background to be able to make certain that we protect taxpayers' dollars. When I look at the role of the city treasurer, we have a great opportunity in this city to elect an independent treasurer that will be able to be a watchdog for taxpayers' dollars. Now, your husband is a Chicago alderman, and we're in a year when people are starting to uh, have doubts about or fears about um, political people in general. Uh, they worry about, uh, uh, you know, dynasties and the like. That's an issue in the mayor's race as well. Uh, how do you keep from being seen as an insider? I am my own woman. I'm an independent woman. I've made it to where I am. I'm so grateful. I was raised by a single mother of three girls. My mother worked hard to keep a living, to keep food on our table, and I appreciate her. Because of who I was raised by, I was really taught to fight hard, to work hard. I went to school first in my family to go to college, got an MBA in finance, spent over 15 years in the private sector. That was before I was even married. 
I am who I am today because of the work that I've done. And so I would take that same ethic in being an independent person, watching over taxpayers' dollars as the city treasurer. Well, now let's get specific about the development in struggling neighborhoods, mm -hmm. because frankly, everyone says that they want to do that. What specific steps could this city take? First and foremost, when we're looking at investments of taxpayers' dollars, we have to make certain that we are investing with the mindset of the citizens of Chicago. I want to be certain to be a treasurer for all. And in doing so, every investment we make, we have to prioritize and make certain that we're getting the greatest return for our money and investing in underserved communities. So when we say we want to be a treasurer for all, that's every neighborhood in Chicago, including the underserved communities. But what do you say to the banks that you would be investing in? How will you ensure that they are going to be investing in those communities when they get money invested from the city? Well, we know the role of the city treasurer is to invest in municipal depositories. And in doing said, I'll be the one firsthand with that experience with the banking industry. I mentioned to you that I have over 15 years in the private sector. I'm also in the public sector now with my relationships being a state representative. So I really have that experience needed to be able to foster the relationship between the banking industry and the community because that's what we need to work on. We need to make certain that our money is working for us. One of your opponents, Mayor Pawar, has proposed a city bank saying that the city could save uh, money from all the kinds of fees that are imposed by banks. What do you think of that idea and or what would be an alternative to that that could save the city money in the kind of dealings it has with banks? I do think that is an idea that with the state treasurer as well as the the house of representatives and senate that is something that we need to look into um, I also think we need to look at the root cause of why we're even talking about that topic. The root cause is the perception of those in underserved communities believing that they do not have access to the banking industry. That's, that's a relationship that I intend on day one in fostering. We need to work on the unbanked and underbanked population in underserved communities, making certain that they know that they have access to the banking industry because at the end of the day, that's their money sitting in those banks. And we need to make certain that our money is working for us. How much of that is, is public education? And I know that's something that the Treasurer's Office has tried to do, but clearly, as you point out, there's more to be done. Mm -hmm. I certainly think day one, consumer advocacy, making certain that I'm an advocate of every citizen of Chicago in every neighborhood of Chicago. That is very important. We're going to have a financial literacy program, making certain that residents in our communities have access to the banking industry. That is my first and foremost priority. Uh, you touched on the, uh, the role that the treasurer has in terms of pensions as well. Um, what could the city do differently or better uh, with regard to pensions? So we know that, 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 that the pension is a crisis. We know that. We know that we need to address it, and we need to address it aggressively. I look forward to the next mayoral administration, making certain that me as the treasurer, that I'm the voice of reason at the table. I'm the independent voice for taxpayers, making certain that I'm speaking on behalf of taxpayers, and also making certain that we're not 
putting the obligation on the backs of taxpayers as well as the obligation on the backs of retirees. We need all, all to be at the table and we need to make certain that we're looking and exploring all options to make certain that we be able to address this issue. Um, should the public be concerned, the voters be concerned that really we're going to get a new mayor, we're going to get a new treasurer, we're probably going to get a bunch of new aldermen, that it's not like a, a slate, a team running this time, and that there's going to be a, a getting to know you period for the new administration. And that's why I think it's important that I'm the candidate chosen for city treasurer, because I am the one with the private and public sector experience. So every so it, it's when I look at this race, to me, it's a no brainer. I'm the one with my proven record in Springfield for fighting for working families, making certain that we provide education funding for CPS, as well as protecting our working families with child care assistance. I'm that candidate in the race with the experience needed to make certain that while we're fighting for working families, we're protecting taxpayers' dollars. Very important. And I think that with myself in this race, this is going to be important that with the treasurer's race, the certainty, we definitely need certainty in the city of Chicago. And I think that you'll get that with me. Uh, if you had to point to one of your accomplishments in the legislature uh, as as the one you're most proud of, what would that be? Protecting child care assistance for working families. I'm very, very excited that not only was that passed in the legislature, but it was signed by the governor. Uh, I should also ask, have you endorsed a candidate in the uh, in the mayor's race, and who would that who would that be? At this time, I have not endorsed anyone in the mayoral race. I am looking at all candidates, and it's possible that we will be coming out with an endorsement. You're listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. I'm Craig Delamore, and that was Melissa Conyers Irvin, a candidate for Chicago City Treasurer. Next up is Peter Garropy, the least well-known of the candidates, though he also ran for Cook County Treasurer, losing to Maria Pappas in the Democratic primary. He told us why he is running while here at the WBBM studios. So, uh, Peter Garropy, uh first, let's understand a little bit about who you are and, and, and why you would want to be in this race. Sure. Uh, well, first off, Craig, thank you so much for having me. I, I really, really appreciate the opportunity. And exactly, why, why City Treasurer of Chicago? Uh, this is it's an extraordinary opportunity, not only in its capacity to help the city in what will be a very challenging time financially, but also, this spot doesn't open up very often. Uh, I believe it's been about almost 30 years since we've had a competitive city treasurer's race, which would not only require the incumbent not to run for re-election, but the mayor to also not be running for re-election. So uh, sort of the Haley's Comet of opportunities. Uh, as for me, um, I live in the first ward in Logan Square with my wife and our two young children, one of whom is almost three. The other one is two weeks old today. And uh, I'm a CPA is my day job. I work for a midsize uh, accounting firm, mostly doing uh, tax compliance and planning work for some nonprofits, small businesses, and then a lot of family-owned businesses. My background, I have a bachelor's in accounting from Fordham University out in New York, a master's in, in taxation from Fordham as well, and a master's in civil engineering from Northwestern. But what is it about the treasurer's office and how it's been run the last several years that makes you feel that some kind of change, some different direction might be needed? Sure. The treasurer's office 
in my opinion, has actually been run very effectively by Treasurer Summers and prior to him, Treasurer Neely. I think in large part that's because of the backgrounds that equipped them to do that job. Both of them came from the private side, Treasurer Summers from investment banking and Treasurer Neely uh, from corporate treasury. And so there have been terrific strides made under Treasurer Summers' leadership in particular, where he has taken the city's $8 billion investment portfolio from an annual return of about $48 million annually to now about north of 150. So every single one of those dollars is one that does not have to come from taxpayers. Also, the treasurer is the only elected official to sit on all four of the city's pension boards. Right now, the city of Chicago's uh, aggregate deficit is $42 billion, $28 billion of which is due to underfunding pensions. That's far greater than Detroit's debt ever was. Uh, now, obviously, we are not Detroit. We have a far more diverse economy. Uh, our population is is of a more healthy size. Um, but still, that's you know you don't want to have to qualify a statement by saying, well, this is why our situation is not comparable to Detroit's. So our pension obligations are are staggering. So right now, uh, we pay about a billion annually towards our uh, our required actuarial estimate. That will go up to 2.13 billion by 2023. And so when people say, well, if we just shift some TIF dollars around or we just uh, adjust the formula, that's all we have to do. If we take the billion we pay now and we put in every single TIF dollar the city collected, the last numbers are from 2017, $660 million across 143 TIFs citywide, that only gets us to 1.66 billion. We're still $497 million short of being able to meet that statutory obligation, not only to to those who've earned their pension, but to the taxpayers who are on the hook. So this is a an unprecedented and a staggering challenge that faces all city officials. And the treasurer represents both the interest of taxpayers and those who have earned their city pension. Uh, in every single one of the decisions that those respective boards make. Well, let's talk about what you have, what ideas you might have to improve things. If things have been run well, but sure, you could do better or do something differently, couldn't you? Absolutely. So, uh, some of the things that I want to take further that Treasurer Summers has already laid the groundwork for. Uh, One of them is the investment. He made a $20 million deposit in ISF, Illinois Service Federal, which uh, was the last black-owned bank in the city of Chicago. It's now GN Bank. Uh, And so that was was an initiative where there was no risk to taxpayers. But this was an institution that was well-positioned to serve a part of the city that was traditionally underserved and overlooked by larger banks. So measures that we can take uh, by looking carefully at financial institutions, and it's, it's sort of so easy to say, well, I'll just put my money in the banks that do good. The way that I define that is under the Federal Community Reinvestment Act in 1977, they provide a rating system. And we should only be putting taxpayer dollars in depositories, whether they're credit unions or banks, that have a CRA rating of no less than satisfactory, ideally outstanding. So I think it's so easy when people say, oh, well, you know, we're just we're going to do good. We're going to we're going to generate good things. How do you measure goodness? How do you without coming up with your own 
uh, system to evaluate what can be a very complex uh, uh, menu of options in which to deposit dollars, uh, we already have some pretty important or some pretty robust tools. So in addition, I appreciate Treasurer Summers' leadership with uh, members of the city council to start to uh, capture the ESG impact, environmental, social, and governance. So when they look at the financial performance of an investment, they're also considering what is their impact on the environment? Uh, Are their practices sustainable, the way in which they choose vendors or procure materials, and the way in which they treat their employees? Do they have thoughtful protections for their workers? Uh, So that way it's not simply, uh, you know, get as much as you can for as little as possible, but we're also protecting the interests of taxpayers. Um, But I guess one of the things I would do differently out of the four city uh, pension funds, the largest of which is the municipal employees. That's kind of the catch-all. That does not have a retirement representative. Each of the others do, the police officers, the firefighters, the laborers. uh, They have someone representing the retirees. And I believe on the six-member board of the municipal employees fund, uh, that constituency deserves a voice. Hey, we've only got about two minutes left. Uh, but one of the issues in this race has been a proposal from Amea Pouar, one of the other candidates in this race, to create a city bank. Uh, it's something that he is proposing. It's something that Melissa Conyers Irvin says should be looked at. Um, you have some uh, misgivings about that idea. Well, I, I would hope that Representative Conyers Irvin has done more than look at it because there's been a bill in Springfield since 2015. HB 107 was introduced by Representative Mary Flowers uh, to create the Community Bank of Illinois. Uh, that analysis said it would require, and this is back then, $9.8 billion to adequately capitalize it with an annual staffing cost of $11.5 million. To adequately capitalize the Bank of Chicago be about $4 billion. Those are taxpayer dollars. There's nowhere else it's going to come from. Either you liquidate half the portfolio that currently provides an offset of $150 million in taxpayer relief, um, or you raise taxes. So to do that, and mind you, the deposits are not federally insured. They would only be guaranteed by future tax revenue of Chicago taxpayers, which is significantly encumbered right now with all of the bonds that we've issued. So to say that you can open a bank and you govern it with political appointees in a time of financial distress for the city of Chicago, and you say those deposits are going to be safe, um, I I think that that is a terrifying prospect at this time uh, for anyone who were to deposit their money in that bank um, and for the taxpayers who were then on the hook. And God forbid by 2023 we even flirt Uh, with protection under Chapter 9 municipal bankruptcy, unless we're able to fill that billion-dollar-plus hole at which we're currently looking, that's a city-owned asset. And I I can't imagine how a city-owned bank would make it through bankruptcy proceedings. Uh, Certainly, Joe Louis Arena in Detroit did not. So that, that, that went to a creditor. So I think it's nice to say, well, we'll just create something that no other city has saw fit to do, and put the risk on the taxpayers. So I think it's too much at this time. And that will do it. Thank you very much. Thank you. You're listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. I'm Craig Delamore, and you just heard Peter Garropy, one of the three candidates running for Chicago City Treasurer. Now we'll hear from Amea Pawar. 
He is a Chicago alderman who probably has the highest profile of the trio running for this job. He's the city council's first Asian-American, South Asian to be specific. He also ran in the Democratic primary for governor, and he has been a progressive voice on the city council. He decided not to run for another term because he believes in term limits, and he's had two terms. Mayor Pawar joins us in the studio. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Well, so what would you bring to the table as city treasurer? The city treasurer is the the chief uh, investment officer for the city, but you know the, the treasurer is more than a bookkeeper. the The goal of the city treasurer is to set financial policy around a vision, and I believe what we need is a treasurer that's going to position the city to be an activist in the marketplace, uh, to take on the issues that I've seen as alderman uh, start to really. Uh, um, hamper residents across the the spectrum from the upper middle class down to the working poor. And that is a confluence of housing instability, uh, uh, the the mounting debt associated with student loans, and the cost of child care. And I think the treasurer's office can launch a public bank to take on these issues, to refinance student loans, invest in affordable housing, and then also make sure that the investments that we make in the market are reflective of our values. Do we invest in companies like Foxconn that demand uh, massive public investment loot the public coffers and refuse to make good on the promises they make? Or do we invest in communities? That is what the treasurer should do. That's a vision that we should enact. That is why I'm running. And I've got a bold progressive agenda and the actual experience in getting this done in the city of Chicago. The treasurer's office, in at least for the last two treasurers, has made a, a concerted effort to invest more in communities. What What is your assessment of how that has gone. I think Kurt Summers has done a fantastic job. I think it's now to build on the foundation that he laid. That is where a public bank could refinance student loans that the federal government has really set these predatory terms, charging seven, eight, nine, ten percent on federally backed loans with predatory repayment terms. Imagine if we refinance them at five percent, tied that to city residency. So you're growing the pie because you're getting more people to stay, move here and stay here. And you're creating an economic stimulus because the difference between 5% and 7 or 8% is a massive amount of cash that gets spent into the local economy. Investing in affordable housing, we need 120,000 units in the city of Chicago. The city, through a public bank, could position ourselves to finance some of these large-scale deals. And then, of course, making targeted investments in companies. Uh, remember, when we make investments in the market, we're taking ownership positions in these companies. Shouldn't we... Um, have a have a filter on the kinds of investments we make. Now, Kurt started that with the United Nations framework he implemented. I want to take that to scale and really propel those efforts forward. But if the city has an interest in these uh, these entities, whether whether they be uh, new businesses or or uh, services, um, does that put the city in a position of of competing with other businesses? In, in some way. I mean, it, we're choosing winners and losers. Well, right now, that's what the market is, right? So you have wealthy people like Carl Icahn, the Koch brothers, uh, even Bruce Rauner, the former governor. We're picking winners and losers. They'd buy companies, buy board seats, uh, break up those companies into pieces and lay people off. That is an activist investor. Now, imagine if you flip that model on its head and say, look, we want to change the way the boardroom works. We're going to buy and create ownership stakes in companies so that we can make sure companies allow their employees to sit on the board of directors. 
so that we don't, they don't target their employees for organizing, that they provide living wages. Imagine if you could use the power of, a, of our city investments to change the corporate boardroom behavior that targets our communities. We could do that. Billionaires already do that. They have their billions. We have ours. One of your uh, rivals, Melissa Conyers Irvin, says this is a good idea to study, but she's not committing to it. Peter Garropy, as you know, calls this a bad idea and even a risky idea, that, that in fact, be, this wouldn't be federally guaranteed, and the city's own uh, credit and faith in credit would be at risk here. So then this, again, goes back to vision. It goes back to vision. If you want a bookkeeper, someone who simply is going to look at a spreadsheet and say, look, this investment's up 4%, this one's down 5 and not drill down deeper, not make investments in the city of Chicago, not look at how to help vulnerable communities, not address income inequality. Uh, you know, there are other candidates in this race. But if you want someone who's going to actually look beyond the numbers and say our investment should reflect our values, and we should make a solid return. But making solid returns and helping communities don't have to be at odds with one another. And in many ways, the investments that get made blindly today, put, a, put those at odds. Whether we invest in companies that build pipelines, build private prisons, companies that pollute the environment, we could do better. We should do better. Um, and I'm not willing to look at this just as a spreadsheet. I have respect for the other candidates, but I actually have a vision to take this office and go big. Um, I'm not looking for the status quo. In a race like this, um, it, it seems in some ways that uh, it's a it's a battle of supporters at this point um, because uh, Melissa Conyers Irvin uh, has connections in the city council that uh, are are well known. Uh, she she's gotten a number of the aldermen, other uh, your your colleagues, mm -hmm. to support her, and she's getting a lot of support. How where are you drawing your? Where's your base? So we have uh, I, we have local 150, the operating engineers, local 399, SCIU local one is with us, UFCW. We also have a slew of Northside aldermen. Every uh, uh, congressman on the north side that represents and downtown, Congressman Quigley, Congresswoman Schakowsky is with me, uh, former con uh, Congressman Luis Gutierrez, um, and then Pat Dowell, Alderman Pat Dowell and Alderman David Morse. We've built a citywide coalition, um, and that is going to grow. Um, and we're also getting a lot of support um, from across the board, from across the city with average constituents just writing checks and making small dollar donors. So, uh, I, you know, I think let's see what happens on the 26th. I think we are well positioned to win. Our polling suggests we're up at a minimum of 10. Uh, I think this race, frankly, is going to come down to between me and Melissa. Uh, I think Peter's not registering very well, but I think he's a, he's a good person. Um, so I think everyone brings a different vision and a set of ideas. I just happen to bring the most progressive and bold one. What do you think this race is going to say about, first off, in some ways, the city council itself, as well as the city, uh, that this could be a vision of, of or a uh, contest between old guard and the progressives. Mm -hmm. Do you see it that way? I think uh, I was an outsider when I ran uh, eight years ago, but I've also shown over the last eight years that I've passed over a dozen pieces of legislation mandating paid sick leave, guaranteeing uh, a higher minimum wage. I established the independent budget office and city council. I fought Chairman Burke on ethics reform. Um, I've passed a lot of legislation as an outsider and getting things done. So I have the I have real tangible experience as a progressive, um, and I plan to use that as the next city treasurer.
That is going to be the final word. I would like to thank Years Irvin for speaking with me this past week. They are running for Chicago City Treasurer. You can make your voice heard by voting, whether it's early, by mail, or on Election Day, February 26th. To our listeners, if you want a copy of this program or to hear it again, please visit our website at WBBMNewsRadio.com. Just follow the audio links. You can also find our podcasts on Radio.com. I will be back next week with another edition of At Issue. I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. WB. Amea Pawar, Peter Garropi, and Melissa. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.